Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined. Uh, I have a special guest today that is that is not Meredith. She has not uh, transitioned into a man uh, who uh, is a very good friend of mine also. Almost as good of a friend as Meredith, but it is a different person. Uh, it is uh, Rick Rubin's son. He sells me cocaine. No, it is, it is, it is, it is Chris Exhale, as some of you may know him. We played together in Blue Felix, and now we actually, neither of us are in, in a band anymore, and we just work at the same job, and somehow the experience has not changed much. I'm a tiny bit less drunk at work than I was on the tour bus, so that's, you know, that's yeah. always good. But, I mean, Chris was, um... Gone for a little while. Uh, him and his his lovely wife went on a national lampoon European vacation, mostly to like. Well, you went to uh, France, but also England. Yes, um, I actually rather liked London. I felt like uh, London. It had a very like New York vibe, but like seventies, eighties, where it was like <laughs> a lot of cocaine. It seemed kind of like that. But then I'd like stopped and thought. I was like. Is it that, or is it just that everybody does cocaine everywhere all the time? Yes. Because I think it might just well, be that, actually. I think the, the answer lies in the fact that I, I think just, like, the, the fentanyl-tainted cocaine crisis has not hit Europe yet. Ooh. Because a lot of... If you have coke that's cut with fentanyl, that's probably some, like, weird, low-tier cartel shit. And we're a lot closer to Mexico than England is. Ooh, we and, sure uh, Yeah, but I do believe... That it will hit them eventually, because that's that's literally why like I am much less. I mean, it's the main reason I quit music. It's like there's there was fun parts about being on tour, but now the you know the cocaine is full of poison, and I'm married, so like why go anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can play music at home. Um, yeah, I, w I will say like playing music at your house is way less gross, and somehow it's still pretty gross. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like you know. It's just we're we're men of a certain age. We may as as sexy as we are, you may not you might not guess that we're we're, we're around that forty threshold where it's like, like look, you know, getting 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 a free beer for throwing my back out, lugging a base cab up <laughs> nine flights of stairs when I was like twenty two was kind of fun, and yeah. uh, you know, like looking for brand new bumps on my dick after the day after every show is like you know, it's just that like you just start collecting them. And yeah. you end up like Al Capone, and you just go, you know what? This well, isn't. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tone it down as skosh. Yeah, that's mostly what life is. Is just uh, in your early twenties doing things that if you did them when you're forty, you'd be like, I'd rather be dead. Or you would be <laughs> dead. Like, you yeah, yeah. I mean, like I mean, that it's one of those situations, like you know, like where like an apocalypse, where the living will envy the dead. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I want to I want to get into to some of your experiences there, um, particularly, and I was delighted to hear this of your just newly renewed disgust for things like monarchies. And yes. I want to say because eventually I'm going to drink this, and I think the first thing we should maybe touch on is rather than my normal martini, uh, Chris was kind enough to bring over the ingredients for apparently what is the Royals' favorite cocktail? Does it have a name? I don't think it had a name, or at least not that I saw, but um, you could maybe explain what's in it because I was just like some dummy that doesn't drink buying booze at a store. Yeah. Well, it's like a, A, it's beef eater gin, which is asking for it. Like that already, I was like, <laughs> most people won't even make like a, 
like a regular martini out of that. They'll go for like a Bombay Sapphire or uh, even a, like an Amsterdam Stratosphere, which that's my, uh, I, I invented a sake based martini called the, the Nagasaki Martini because it's, you know, it's it's a surprise how destructive it is. And like, <laughs> but it's delicious. It's just basically just like a very light gin. Uh, like the ingredient, it has to be kind of like this one where it's like beef eater. It has to be the Amsterdam Stratosphere because it's just not as hairy as like a London dry. It's like a smoother gin. And then you mix that with some like actual martini in place of the vermouth. Or I'm sorry, actual sake in place of the vermouth. And then like a little bit of orange bitters. And uh, okay. that, that, is, that is a fine cocktail that like tastes like, it tastes a little bit like, it's like nothing with like a hint of marshmallow. So putting away three of them, which is like the last thing you're ever going to do, is yeah, pretty yeah. easy. Now... This guy, the Royal's favorite cocktail, that, that I think we'll call it the Blue Wiener, though it's pink. <laughs> uh, you know, like everything looks different on TV. But it's um, two parts beef eater gin versus one part uh, sort of this like rose aperitif. It's, Wait, like, did, it's two parts gin, right? To the one part? Did I make did that you, right? I think you made that with too much. Oh, you're supposed gin. to put more of the pink crap in there? <laughs> no, that's not a real, that's an awful <laughs> idea. Because see, it what you okay? Look, just immediately like, oh, well, I did two parts of them. <laughs> no, I kind of, I kind of like, I listened to you explain it, and I kind of just went, uh huh, and I just mixed it together like however I would normally do it. I'm like, yeah, I think like you know, but then with like a little squeeze of lemon zest, it's actually pretty good. Though that is the funny thing, I do imagine if you made it correctly, it'd probably be pretty gross. Yeah, I I can see. People who are very, very inbred and out of touch with reality enjoying something that is is, is flip flop. But I think maybe I should place a call to England and be like, guys, I got it. I got an idea. I think you made your cocktail inside out and backwards. But yeah, I actually kind of like it. Like it's just enough where the the aperitif kind of like, which is, you know, it's like a fortified wine. It's almost like a vermouth. So really, it it just it just tickles tickles the balls of the gin a little bit and just makes it smoother. And then the lemon kind of makes you forget about everything. And like, yeah. All right. So I didn't really experience it correctly, but we may, we may have discovered something. Well, I'd say that's probably a pretty good start to the podcast. If you, if, if you make a drink <laughs> wrong, but you did the more booze more and the less booze less when you're mixing boozes. I, I Well, you, you know, know, let's talk about that for a second because my favorite, you know, British, not a royal, one of the people who was actually in charge. Like, I'm a big acolyte of Winston Churchill. Like, I understand that he was an yeah. imperialist and probably racist as shit, but probably not for his time. Like, he was born in, like, yeah. the mid-1800s. I mean, he lived, like, by the 1960s when he died, he was, like, 98, nine years old or something. It's like, come on. He did fine. He was a pretty, pretty progressive guy for the time, and his thing... And I, you know, and I, as I think I mentioned this at, at work before. Where I'm like, I love watching documentaries about Winston Churchill because it really makes all the stuff I watch about Hitler seem less weird. It was like, oh, I'm just interested in the time period, not you know, other stuff. But yeah, it, but also Churchill was the guy that invented the the real martini, which was just like a glass of gin, and then you allowed a ray of sunshine to shine through a vermouth bottle and touch the gin glass, and that was as much vermouth as you added. And then oh. that, was, that was that. Okay. So, like, this is a little bit closer to what I think would have made Winston Churchill proud. Okay. Now, there'd probably still be way too much things like lemons and and what and, and ice water and whatnot getting in the way of the gin for his tastes. 
<laughs> but nevertheless, it's a little bit closer. So you know what? I'm, I'm going <sighs> to... This can't be called the Blue Wiener then because I fucked it up. So this will have to be the... Uh, something about Winston Churchill watching Sex of the City. I don't... There's something... <laughs> We're going to spitball the name later. It seems like that drink would be like... The perfect segue drink between a champagne socialism and a Marxist barbarian. Actually, yeah. I think that's like how you... Like, it's not quite the Marxist barbarian drink, but it's like... It's like for when the champagne socialist wants to maybe do a little bit more cocaine, but they just didn't quite... They, they need to, like, loosen it up a little bit more. The champagne's yeah. not enough. Yeah, yeah, that's... A, you, you know, you, yeah, the champagne at this point is the gateway drug, and... You know, you end up, you end up somewhere where you 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 want to do good in the world, but at the cost of your own health. So you, that's that's where you end up just drinking like warm vodka or whatever. The Marxist barbarian, by the way, yeah, Mar yeah. But Marxist barbarian was a who the hell said that? Like Jordan Peterson or someone like that? <laughs> like it was, it was fucking Uncle Donnie. Oh, he really? <laughs> There's no way he came up with that on his own. Oh, I'm not saying he came up. Okay, with, okay. But, but like, he he said it in a speech a couple weeks ago. It was amazing. Marxist barbarian. Yeah, he said he was gonna save uh, America and Western civilization from the Marxist barbarians that are trying to destroy it. Well, let's so, hope he does. I mean, yeah. frankly, who? Yeah. <laughs> See, my thing is, I avoid all of this by just from the get go refusing to be a good person. Yeah, like, uh, I don't want to be saved from everything that's destroying the country. I would like to join them yeah. in their unholy crusade. And, you know, whatever comes of that, I want part of that. It's like that, oh, yeah, like, yeah. famous thing about Chris. Chris has never seen or watched really seriously sat down with Always Sunny in Philadelphia, though. It's like the, the perfect thing that I know he would love. And it's, you know, a cornerstone of my being. Is, yeah. Is 16 years of that show. I feel like I've... Uh... I've missed out on, like, a cultural sensation. It seems but you're like. lucky, because now you get to binge 16 years of the funniest shit, like, ever. All ever. Like, yeah. I have to wait for, like, new seasons to come out. I'm almost a little bit jealous. But there's there's a scene that this reminded me of where uh, Charlie, um, he uh, he's trying to get into a wasp's nest. And he's like, well, they might have honey. And I'm like, Charlie, wasps don't make honey. It's like, okay. But maybe wasps make something else that's as good as honey, and I want whatever that is. <laughs> he just goes and just gets stung by wasps, anyways. Like, and that's kind of the like the the me following the crusade of the Marxist barbarians or whoever it may be that yeah. would like to destroy this country. It's like obviously, like what it seems like would happen is we would end up living in a lawless hellscape where no one over the age of seventeen, no matter how good of shape you're in, is going to survive it whatsoever. But maybe something good will happen. And I want whatever that is. Like, so that that's that's funny. I actually, when you were telling me the Marxist Barbarian thing, I thought I thought it was one of those more, like, collegic, you know, oh, like, no, no, fear no. influencer it was, weirdos. It was Trump with the sledgehammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's all that was. Oh, no, that's, that's definitely, like, yeah. And declare about, like, champagne socialist is what you would call me. Who, like, I, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty comfortable and I am not giving that up, no matter who it helps. But you know what? I wish them all well. Like I, I want, I want uh, uh, equity and fairness. And you know, I would, uh, I would hate to really stand in the way of allowing that to be ushered into the world, unless, of course, somehow me standing in the way of that made me a shitload of money. In which case, I would go right ahead and block. Yeah. <laughs> 
but the, you know, the lucky thing is, is that won't ever happen. So I get to maintain that I'm on the right side of history. Like, who's going to pay John Wheeler, you know, a hundred million dollars to derail some sort of movement that finally would have given everybody free health care. Yeah. I mean, get at me, but I don't think that <laughs> I think there's, I don't have that much influence over things like, yeah, I think know. that was one of my biggest takeaways maybe from Europe was, uh, we had kind of discussed this a little bit before the show was, you know, this <clears throat> sort of old adage of, you know, weighing democracy versus socialism that on one hand, there's a lot of things that I liked about Europe that are good and probably cost more taxes, but would require maybe a different standard of living than American standard of living, which is uh, usually pretty awful and gross, but um, pretty awesome at the same time. And yeah. I don't know where the where the line is to be drawn there, but uh, I think... Uh, Marie Antoinette showed that a little bit. I think so. <laughs> and also, you know, Marie Antoinette's experience is, is one side of the equation. But also, I, I was, um, I, I saw a post on Reddit where someone was explaining, you know, the slightly higher taxes in, in, in Northern Europe lead to all of these, all this social equity and health care and stuff. And people were kind of having this big circle jerk of like, that would be great, whatever. But then this 14-year-old kid it came in with a very important piece of wisdom, which was, yeah, well, good luck becoming a billionaire over there. And, you know, <laughs> he's absolutely right. I think that, is, you know, Chris and I being well on our way <laughs> to Scrooge McDuck levels of fame and fortune, that would those hopes and dreams would be dashed simply to live somewhere where we and everyone else like us and those less fortunate are all completely taken care of, and there are like you know pound for pound far less uh, people living in the street that are horribly addicted to drugs that would immediately kill either of us to try the tiniest amount of uh, you know like shoving us into the street in front of cars and things like you know but. Potato, potato. That's that's really. It's like you you're really gonna give up your 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 chance of becoming a billionaire just to get away from all that. Yeah, I I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. You know why not walk through a tent city full of people that are trying to stick you with rusty nails in order to get to a job <laughs> that barely pays you enough to survive? But then your lottery ticket, bye bye. <laughs> You're gonna wake up every day and know that the dream of get, of 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 not having to do that, becoming a billionaire, has all gone away. And for what? Just living in a clean place where everyone, you know, everyone has everything they need. However, uh, you had some pretty good stories about how fucking like inconsiderate people in in France are. Not necessarily rude, but you know. No, that yeah, it's somewhat inconsiderate. I would say that uh, you know another thing we were kind of talking about is the sort of what makes America great and awful at the same time is the idea that people here generally are nicer because there is the constant threat of physical violence. (laughs) And I don't know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but I saw a lot of behavior over there that, and, and let me preface by saying everybody everywhere, like mostly is pretty okay. You know what I mean? Like people in London, people in Paris, people in New York, LA, you know, most people you come across with in your daily life are fine. Um, but I, there were some things that I saw in Paris and even London where I thought to myself, that was New York. I don't know that it would devolve immediately into physical violence, but this would be a thing. 
Like this, like everybody within like a 30 foot radius is about to know about this confrontation that's about to happen because of something inconsiderate that somebody did. And on one hand, that probably wouldn't happen here as quickly, but the reason would be because of that threat of physical violence, which I... Yeah, do you ever wonder if, like... I don't know. If, like, kind of those, like, not necessarily even that specific platform, but the, 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 the World Star-esque sort of thing on the internet of, like, meltdown, and you're like, where, where you do see any time... You know, there's like a guy drunk in like a, a Taco Bell late at night or something, and he takes a run at an, like an employee who maybe is a kid but is like yeah. three times his size, and he picks him up and drops him on his face, and like he best. just goes totally limp. And you're like, that's that's not just there randomly. That that algorithm is pushed so that people oh, see that yeah. and go, hey, maybe think. Before you mouth off to the guy that's like making four dollars an hour, who's twice your size, like you might end up with a concussion and your speech might be different. Yes, you know after that. Whereas, like I think in in, in France, like you know you're not going to get shot in the face yeah. for forgetting someone's McNuggets, so you're going to hear about it. And that, and that was a little bit more prevalent in France because I will say I did still get the vibe in London that. People have no problem getting drunk and throwing a punch oh, over there. Yeah, that is no. It's, London, it's a it's a it's a p- favorite pastime still. I think. Oh, and it's definitely like you know you won't get shot. But the thing is, is you know getting shot is like kind of luxurious. It's another thing that about America that people seem to like underplay. Where it's like you know, you know we, we you know we know people who have gotten you know tagged in the stomach a few times. They're fine and they have cool scars. Yeah, but like. If you're in a country with no access to firearms, like, you know, you might get acid thrown in your face. Yeah. And, you know, then your face is all fucked up and ugly. And then you're, you know, what do you have after that? Your personality? Obviously, you did something to deserve getting acid thrown in your face, so it's not that great. (laughs) (laughs) And now you look on the outside how you do on the inside. Horribly disfigured. Also, lots of stabbings. Yeah. And just good old fashioned bare knuckle, nothing to live for alcoholic beatdowns. Yes. After, you know, and that's not even that's not even after uh after some sort of actual slight. That's just you cheered for the wrong soccer team. Yeah. And now you have yeah. someone who like has has cauliflower knuckles and can't even open their hand just beating your face. <laughs> well, to your, that's all they do. To your point earlier about Winston Churchill Maybe being a little bit racist, he'd be happy to know that that still seems to be alive and well in the streets of London. Oh, yeah, your other story was very, like, uh, and I want you to tell it, but my God, you know what I mean? Like, the more you travel abroad, the more you realize that America is number one is such a a piece of propaganda. Apparently, like, we don't even have the market cornered on racism. That was one of the last things we were good at. No. Manufacturing, gone. You know, technological advances, gone. But at least we knew that we were a racist, degenerate country. And apparently that is, even Europe is taking that title from us now. Yes. But I think we agreed we are still number one in narcissism. Oh, big time. By by far. So that's, that's a good start. Yeah, usually, like, you know, people like, you know, Kim Jong Un don't get elected. But we would do that here if he had a TV show 
<laughs> and told us that like everything that we thought that was terrible, everything that we ever said at Thanksgiving that was you know the last time we ever saw our grandkids that we were right to say it, like and we would <laughs> gladly vote for the guy that was just like oh you know I think gas chambers for the undesirables is fine, <laughs> like. You know, over over there, I think if you had given North Koreans a real choice, it might be like, I think we might be tired of this family. And over here would be yeah. like, nah, but the young guy's kind of cool. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> That's narcissism for you. Yes. Well, there is still quite a bit of that alive and well, I think, in the royal families, too. Oh. Um, little Do bit. go on. <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking about, too, is, you know, that's... It's really not that different from over here, though, too. You know, I mean, you think about over here, too. We don't necessarily have royals, but you look at, like, the president, and it's like every day we got to hear about how Hunter Biden was, you know, like arguing with a prostitute over getting shorted on a cocaine deal. And mostly that's because I mentioned it, like, three times. (laughs) Well, and, you know, you really got to, like, play a little hardball when you're dealing with prostitutes and you're not trying to get ripped off. Yeah. You know, like there was a, somebody once told me the trick is, is like, you know, cocaine is a bit of a laxative, usually because it's mixed with gasoline and baby laxatives, which is part of it. But I think the real ingredient that's in there somewhere, yeah, it it, it loosens up the bowels a little bit. So it's like, you're not going to like hire a prostitute if you're not on coke. We know that, (laughs) but you're going to have to shit. So what you do is, is when you leave to shit, you have her clap her hands the whole time you're on the shitter, so you know she's not stealing from you. And the, <laughs> and I think that, like, you know, it's it's heartening to see someone, you know, usually, like, the children or uncles or brother, like Roger Clinton, like, you know, whatever. Like, the, the people, Billy Carter, the people related to these presidential people are real degenerate lowlifes, but, like, Hunter Biden knows how to play ball with a yeah, prostitute. And I think that that's important. Like, I think that Fox News honestly doesn't talk about it enough. Because we, <laughs> we can really learn something in our day-to-day business dealings, you know, from a man that, that knows his way around a whore. What even is a democratic country if the president's son is <laughs> scrounging on the carpet for heroin and smoking Parmesan cheese instead? Well, that's exactly so, right. You know? It's like, you know, to be almost serious for one second... Like, all that stuff about him is 100% true. And it's like, you know, we know the way that I tend to kind of lean. But it's like, no, yeah. I agree. And, like, I, I would love to hear about it all day long and just go like, yeah. And that's why he didn't get put in charge of anything in the White House. Isn't that great? <laughs> because it's not, he's a giant cokehead and an inbred lunatic. And, by the way, he's the new Secretary of State now, like, because his dad's the president. No, he's just going to be in and out of jail. Maybe a little bit less jail because he's the president's kid. Or maybe just because he's white. It's America. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what he isn't? You know, he's not like the foreign affairs master like whatever. Like he's just, yeah, he's just a crackhead. And he seems to be pretty happy that way. Yeah. And I like that about him. I, 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 I like, you know, if your dad's the president, don't use that as leverage to just get yourself into some kind of awful job. Just use it to get out of prison and get better crack. Like, that's, yes. That's, why are you working for a living if you're a nepotism kid? What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Like, that's... the rest of us are stuck having to try. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of the royal family, too, is that, like, even over here in American politics, it's like, Joe Biden probably has spent his whole life being a slimeball in politics for 40 years, 
but he at least had to put in the legwork of the slime. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas, like, the Royals just, this is all mine because God said it is. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, even for, like, Donald Trump, that just, I think even for his follower, that would be, like, maybe a bridge too far, which is really saying something. Yeah. Um, they might They might kind of, like, be less. Well, he downplays that, you know, he inherited, a, like, a, basically, like, a half a billion dollars and yeah. turned it into, over a lifetime of hard work, somewhere around a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> And like, you know, it kind of doesn't mention that part a lot because nobody, nobody likes hearing that. That's no. literally why the royal family, like, because all they are is like, you know, imagine that like, you know, Jeff Bezos's kids in like a thousand years are like just the de facto rulers of the entire country because that just, you know, they let those bets ride. Yeah. That's all royalty is, but it yeah. just goes back to the days of people like the early days of agriculture because there's no kingdoms in hunter gatherer societies. Like that's not a thing. No. There's tribes and there's things, but like, as soon as you start like going, okay, I'm growing stuff on this land. So this is like mine. People start going like, well, maybe that land over there is mine too. And you're like, I don't agree with that. It's like, yeah, well I have some more people with me and we have decided, uh, we had the spare time to invent bigger, sharper sticks than you have. So this is ours and it goes forever. But see, the thing is, yeah, you're still very likely to get guillotined or eaten in that process. Cause it seems very unfair because it is. So you commodify, you know, you take you take you know DMT out of a burning bush or whatever sort of things people were tripping on and discovering God back in the day, and you go, no more of those drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? But this guy is just gonna tell you what he sees uh, from from above in the other world, and you will listen to him. You will not be taught to read. He'll read the book for you. He'll explain all of the magical stuff we used to see for ourselves. Uh, and uh, you know what? One of the things you heard from God is these people that kind of like took over all the land and just forced you to work on what should have been yours. Well, he chose them for that. And you need to just accept that things will go real bad for you after you're dead. And this was bad enough yeah. where we are right now. If you don't get with the program, which is famously why. And this is one of the best digs in any any sort of uh, monarchy or royal family is Voltaire once famously said, we will not know peace and equity in, in mankind until the last king is strangled with the intestines of the last priest. And <laughs> <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Yes. You saw firsthand, though, where the unchecked riches and, and, and sort of consolidation of all of people's wealth since the dawn of, since the monkey in 2001 A Space Odyssey threw the fucking bone up in the air till right now. <laughs> well, I think... You know, going to the Palace of Versailles and actually seeing the magnitude of how large that palace was, and then thinking about all the people in Paris at the time that are literally, like, dying of treatable diseases and famine, whatever else, and it's like, it really, when you, like, I knew the history in the book of why she got the guillotine, but you really feel it when you're there. <laughs> You know, and it just, I mean, if you put, you you could drop the White House in the middle of Versailles, in the middle of that palace, and if you had a time machine where you could take it back to the 1700s and drop the White House there, I seriously think, like, most people would look at that and be like, oh, well, they built some decent slave quarters for the servants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the, the the yeah, the seat of power in our country, you could drop it in the middle of that sprawling estate and you might not be able to find it. Yes. <laughs> <Is> the... <laughs> I I had an interesting uh thought too about 
King Henry VIII, too. He was the one that murdered all his wives. He and, sure did. Um, but it was interesting that he kind of did something that was, you know, he wanted an annulment, I think, from the Pope, from one of his wives. And he, the Pope, like, drug out the trial for years, whatever else. And so he essentially parted ways with the church and just said, I'm the essentially the starting the church of England. And I am, I, I don't know if he necessarily said he was exactly God, but, um, but he was out of money. So what he did was he then went around all the churches in England and took all their money. <laughs> and that's where I started to have a really big, like struggle because I'm like, on one hand, like, I, like, God damn it. I, the guy's a piece of shit. And then at the same time, like, Really, I don't know if anybody, at least in modern history, has had that much success stealing that much money from the church. Because that's usually what they're good at. Yeah, usually they're working for you. And that's the thing. When you declare yourself, which is a real, like, bender from Futurama as an Egyptian pharaoh type of move to make. Where you're like, yeah, you know what, actually, like, uh, why am I going through this process when I could just... Murder, like you know, it's like I've I've murdered my way through all of these you know disobedient wives and th- I understand that yeah like oh, yeah. you know but like you know the church might not a hundred percent play ball you know they're like well women should be subservient to men but you can't just you know kill them because you're a murderous fat pig that was just born into like, and, the being the ruler of a in country. fairness one of his wives he did uh we'll just say part ways uh because she was a bit smelly um. How would he have known? Didn't he only bathe twice in his entire life? Well, oh, that was a different king. That was. Uh, oh, that wasn't the four. Oh, no, that was the fourteenth. Yeah, that was oh, that was King Louis. But that, but they, oh, yeah, not he, the movie with John Goodman, which was <laughs> fucking great. No, King Ralph. That's what I'm thinking. Of. I, anyway, yeah, I was gonna say I find it hard to believe that John Goodman's bathed twice in his life. <laughs> he seems like a four times kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be. <laughs> well, in fairness, they they did say that both of those baths were at the behest of the. Royal physician, so he's like, um, So you have to on. rinse the fucking detritus <laughs> from your nether regions, or you're going to perish. Yeah, well, that that's a reasonable segue too to the poop curtains because <laughs> I want to know more about that. Yeah, see, what happened was is uh, Chris wrote a list of, uh, of various interesting things that he discovered about England. And the poop curtains were one of them. Like, I, I have no idea what that is. Um, one of the other ones we'll get to later is that uh, Prince Charles claimed that he had a car that ran on wine, yeah. which I really want to pick at. But let's let's talk about the poop curtains first, because I know everyone's on the edge of their seat with it. <laughs> well, this also may go into the uh, disease parts, but apparently in... <laughs> well, maybe. <coughs> in Versailles, you've got these, you know, enormous floor-to-ceiling windows... Yeah. And the giant, you know, I don't know if they're velvet curtains, whatever, that open mm. up. But I guess that because the palace was so huge that obviously the servants, whoever else, like, they had, you know, holes in the ground out back where they maybe would go relieve themselves. But because the palace was so huge, it, I guess, was a huge issue in the 1600s, 1700s where if a servant maybe was in an Amazon-type scenario where... I have to get from one side of the palace to the other, oh, and I don't have time to take a poop. Right. I could just go hide behind a curtain somewhere in the palace, <laughs> and then maybe uh, in the summertime when we open everything up, you open up the curtains, and there might be like time to get the shovel out. And 
Okay. And, and, and then that may come into where, you know, maybe like we need to bathe more and clean ourselves you up know, a little bit because it's. Yeah, I love how fucking romanticized <laughs> the, the royal family is when really like, you know, in modern times, it's ob- it's like it's so clear to everyone that they're just people who like cornered the, the market and unfairly like, you know, took people's land and then like rented it back to them to make them work on it. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until they, they basically owned an entire country. Yep. And we're like, there's nothing magical about that. But then people are like, well, you got to think back, though, to the to the, you know, hundreds of years ago with the white horses and everything. And really, it was just a, a nice velvet curtain with an 80 foot tall mountain of poop behind it. And, you know, I enjoy that. Yeah. The reason I watch Hoarders is to get to those occasional episodes where you're like, oh, they they tore their toilet out and have just been <laughs> shitting where it was, and now it's all the way up to the ceiling, and you don't know how they did that. But I don't look at that with sort of a reverence, you know? Like, I look at it with, I'm impressed, and I'm curious, but I don't know that I go, you know, I really wish we could be more like these people that I hold up on a pedestal who live on a mountain of cat skeletons and their own feces. <laughs> And the royal family just turns out the further back you go in time, it's just, it's just a, like a syphilis lump on a mound of turds. Like, and it's all, and then human suffering and inbreeding and, and, and inbreeding. And oh my God. Yeah. So, so much of that. Cause yes. that, that's, that's what I said too. Westminster Abbey is literally a <laughs> buck tooth inbred blue penis fucking burial ground. That's all that place is. It's a bit, is there, is there like graves? I don't really know. No, I, guess, I guess they have a lot of the okay. former royals that have been buried there. I don't know that every single one has, but um, I could just be making that up too. I but don't Westminster, know yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I actually like, upon you saying that, I'm like, I don't know what that is. I think I thought it was like a clock. Like, I have no fucking idea how Europe works when well, I really get into it. There's a, uh, well, there's the palace there at, there's the palace at Westminster, which is, uh, I think now just a government building. Mm. Um, but then Westminster Abbey is the actual church that's essentially right there. Oh. That's the actual giant church where they... Is an abbey a church? Is that what... Is Downton Abbey a church? I've watched some of that show and I liked it, but I never knew what they were talking about. I don't know. I think that... I think an abbey is a church, yeah. I know the, um... I don't, I don't know what language or culture this is from, but the Abbey of Thelema is the source of all magic or something. Like, it's, a, it's this theoretical place. Yeah. But that, that might be Greek. Like, I don't know the Abbey of Thelema. It sounds cool. Like, and someone, whoever, it was just probably something I overheard at a Marilyn Manson concert in 1994. I have no idea. Like, I really have no expertise on any of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, the Abbey of Thelema is a source of all magic. I'm like, cool, way older guy in a dirty top hat at this thing like i would love to subscribe to your newsletter yeah uh well i'm definitely in favor of clearing out buckingham palace and turning it into a homeless shelter i think that would be all about a lot of fun you know i mean it would be it would solve a lot of problems you know i mean it would turn it into a real dump but i mean like that's what i want yeah like i don't want look fun if that happened and then king charles like ends up like out front like as a panhandler and he's yeah the big beard and he's like I don't know, I'm going to spare a few quid for an old king. You know, he's fucking just... It must be such a fucking bitch for him to be... Because, like, who would have thought that, you know, being the successor to, like, 
Someone who lived like lo- like like famously longer than the human average by like a like a order of magnitude. You're like you don't get to be you don't get to be king in like the 1800s. That's you know you weren't born then or whatever. But you don't get to be the king even in like the 1950s. You don't get to be the king in the 1980s. You get to be the king after the Me Too movement. How fucking <laughs> shitty is that? <laughs> Like, I mean, how many wives would King Harry have been able to, or King Henry been able to murder in the, after, post Me Too? Yeah, probably much fewer. Like, I would say two <laughs> I tops. That, I don't think that this this one was smelly thing would have flown. And the interesting thing, too, is the one that he killed because she was smelly, he at the time apparently also uh, was being treated for open boils and gangrene on his legs. And it's like, I just thought about it. It's like, could you imagine trying to bear a son and getting just plowed out by oh. some fat, disgusting guy who they said ate a, around a 6,000 calorie a day meat-only diet. He's got gangrenous fucking boils and food on his was leg. not as calorically. Let me point out that eating 6,000 calories a day now is, like, very easy in this country anyway, where it's like, like... You know, if you make a bad enough choice, you can consume 6,000 calories by spending, like, $8. Like, <laughs> just hydrogenated fucking Which sugar like. bullshit. Like, back then, you had to eat, like, three entire cows, like, their bones and everything, like, to do that. All I'm saying is, imagine eating that, taking two bats your whole life. You're literally just... By the way, I like how we've gone from going, that was a different guy to fuck it. That's just... <laughs> Let's just assume that maybe he also only took two baths. Actually, maybe maybe just, just none. Just to be clear, we're making this all up as we go, and I'm sure that John probably has like a comment section down here somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, no, YouTube, like, you, can... you can leave your long-winded suck fest that I won't give a shit about. That's a, that's Correct a, me on it. That's totally fine. That's been my new favorite thing is like not, not reacting to anything at all. Like I used to have fun. When I was like a little bit big on TikTok for a while, which is confusing and terrifying, but it was kind of a deal. It was a pandemic project. Um, but like I, I I did actually enjoy kind of like getting into the weeds with people a little bit because yeah. I knew enough, kind of like our boss actually, just about like <laughs> just about enough about human psychology to not win, but to just make even someone who is only trying to get a rise out of me sad. And yes. like that was yeah. there was a kid who It's such a good feeling. Oh, I I think this guy might have just taken all of his medication at once and checked out. Like I, I I swear to God, I've never there was a kid who was like talking some shit to me on on a on a TikTok comment. Just 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 an aside real quick. Yep. And I explained it like rather than even trying to be funny or anything, I just laid out for him exactly like how much uh how much and how the money I make from like each interaction and like trolley ones where everybody, I was like, Oh, I actually pinned your comment to the top. So it's the first thing everybody sees because your brilliant thing that you thought of is so perfectly what I need to make more money off of this video that I want everybody to like fight you and like, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, I don't, I don't care that you make money from this. I, I, I'm still going to like, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not flexing about the, it's, it's like $10, but see, that's ten dollars that I knew I would make from someone like you, and that's why I made the video. Like I summoned you, I made you. 
basically. And, you know, I, I, I brought you into being just so that you would say this stuff because I knew everyone would react to you like this. I don't care whether or not you agree with me. I don't care whether or not you're right and I'm wrong. That makes no difference to me whatsoever. You're a yeah. number on the ledger, and that number was about $9.80, and that is what you are worth. He quit arguing with me and deleted all of his comments and everything. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to dunk on people. I just want them to walk away depressed. Like oh, that's, yeah. that's all I care yes. about. And not because of anything they did. Like, I just want, I want to be the void that someone finally stares into when it really stares back. <laughs> like, it's like, I think I'm going to either go, go become like a religious person or just drink Drano, you know, and, yeah. and whichever he did is fine. But I would like to say that now, I, I, I love for people to leave comments and please tell me about how royal families and stuff work and I'm not going... Sometimes Meredith reads them and then she kind of tells me about them in, in a text later and it's funny and then I don't go look. Okay. Like, that's, I, was say, I mean, that's definitely cool. I'm for sure not going to look, but... Um. You know. Unless you're like someone I've already. By the way, there's there's some friendly people that I interact with, like, you know, on here and stuff. And it's like you guys, like, I'll always try to like. If I'm ever, if I'm ever a little bit slow to react, it is also because I'm lazy and not paying attention. But it's like I do try. But if you have something shitty to say, you're talking to yourself <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's just that's, you know. But you know who you are if we've if we've had a friendly chat. That that's all fine. Please do. I like to interact with people whenever I can. I think that's something I learned, you know, after after a bit of COVID was was, you know, company is kind of nice, yeah. you know, during those those weird lonely times. So back to gross fat guy sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AKA no. our lives <laughs> as gross fat guys <laughs> that have been known to occasionally have sex. And now you have to no, think my, about uh, that. <laughs> my point though, I was just thinking. Uh, imagine though, King Henry. The guy's eating like 6,000 calories a day. He's literally just uh, uh, fucking enormous. Yeah. He's got boils and gangrene on his legs. And imagine you got to lay on a bed, get plowed by that, and then have him be, you know what? Ew. I'm going to have to kill you because you're gross. <laughs> yeah, that is... That's a real onion in the ointment, you know, like, you know, he was just basically smelling a pustule on his own upper lip and he decides to murder you because you got a stink pussy, according to him. He's like, oh, is, that, is that the necrosis in my gut under my man boobs or do you have a smelly pussy? Yeah. And he decided to just play it safe. Yep. <laughs> Go Literally after he rolls off where he just shits in a bedpan and you know, makes somebody else clean that up and... Here's the thing about about you know guys like that in that that era that were that fat. But also, by the way, an aside about how fat he was, you know how like you'll see someone who's like a fat guy in like a 1940s movie, and like by American standards now, it's like like the fat man in like a sideshow. Like he's not even that fat. Yeah. Like I know he he had the distinction of being in like history books and Americans right now being like, holy shit, that guy's fat. <laughs> And again, as I said, eating 6,000 6, calories is like 10 whole pigs. Yeah. Like, it's hard to do that. This, yeah. the, the, the gluttony on a level <laughs> that you just unparalleled outside of that one part of the movie 7 is, is <laughs> it's just kind of impressive. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, another little-known fact about the monarchy I found out, which actually kind of ties into that, is that apparently going back for several generations, when you're eating... Whether it's in a private family dinner or a large 
banquet, and there may be some different minutiae to this, but generally, whether it's a one course or like course three, course five, the second the actual monarch is done eating, everybody has to stop eating. Like the waiter will come and take your fucking plate. Just right off your plate. Like, yeah, you literally could have the spoon halfway to your mouth and a dude will come take that fucking plate. You will not eat another bite. I will slap that fucking spoon right out of your goddamn hand. That's amazing. That that yeah. uh But that's what I'm saying, like how great though if you got a guy that just eats like fucking nine cows a day. Oh you're like, good. Oh, yeah, we're good. You're like, I can take my time on the appetizer because like, you know, this dude, you know, he ordered like whatever yeah. whatever's on my plate, there's like fifty yeah. times as much of it. You know, he's just like, it's gonna take him a second to get through that. Yeah. Oh right though. The one thing I did want is, oh yeah, that has some real uh, mad tea party vibes. The clean cut move down thing. I wonder if that Lewis Carroll was was thinking of the, that whole, you know, where it's like, oh, we're done, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I was thinking about, uh, still thinking about uh, Louis the or Henry the Eighth. We're on, yep. uh, you know, him, 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 fucking and stuff. Uh, I, well, for one, I'm probably far older than he ever got. I mean, you know, history is like people did I don't not know last. How old he made it. I don't know. People, I mean, being 42, I think was a little old in those times, depending. I mean, you'd have people who are like lived to the full human extent, like you'd yes. have aberrations. But like, anyway, like, I, I, you know, uh, we got a new elliptical machine we got to put together, as you saw when you came down here. And, uh, but I mean, like, I try to like get in some exercise every morning. Like, yeah, I drink a little bit, but I try not to eat too much sugar. I, I, I intermittent fast, all this stuff. And I nearly, my heart almost blows out of my chest like the alien thing, the, the, the chest burster from Aliens when I'm trying to like plow my 29 year old wife. Like, every single time, like, I'm a pretty healthy guy. And, like, can you imagine someone that weighs, like, ten times what I do and is covered in open cysts? Just, like, how did he not just die on top of, like, who the fuck ever? Like, because I'm getting to that age where there's movies, you know, where it's like, like, oh, we have to cover up that the president died on top of a prostitute. And it's like, oh, that, how do you die from that? And now I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah. Like, I, I, could, I could see this being the last thing I ever do, like, a Ugh. couple of times where I'm like, fuck, like, just let me stand next to the bed. I at least have a little bit more leverage. I can fucking, like... Yeah, that dude though. I mean, again, the amount. Maybe I'm not fat enough. That actually might be the problem. Because when I was younger and fatter, I, I I I did get less out of breath when I was banging women half my age. So like maybe maybe that's some real good pseudoscience yeah. I should start living by. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming there wasn't like open sores on your legs, though. No, that's From true. Rampant poop curtains and yeah, like as unhygienic as like the Blue Felix bus was, it was still probably like an operating room compared to where <laughs> people <laughs> 200 years ago in Buckingham Palace just rolling around in feces and fucking blood and yes. God, what a stinky time to be alive, too. Yep. Speaking of uh, stinky, here's a here's another interesting one. Okay. It's reported that King Charles, who will be coronated this weekend, oh yeah, that's coming up. <laughs> yes, they, that was they did have all the streets blocked in London when I was there uh, around the palace because they're getting ready for the coronation. Mm. He was quoted in a transcript uh, from a phone call, you know, because I, I was looking up a lot of things about the monarchies, and I, you know, I feel like so much of that in YouTube, you're parsing through these stupid fucking videos of. Did you know that the Earl of Dorchester once every seven years has to go to 
this castle and walk through this door at exactly 4 p.m. <laughs> to signify. It's like, who gives a shit? Apparently, King Charles, in a phone conversation with Camilla, said that he wished that he could be reincarnated as a tampon so that he could live inside of her for the rest of her life. That is... It's horrible, it's gross, it's hilarious. It's I, It's one of those things where... Th- this goes kind of into what we were talking about earlier of like people that are just the most insane rising to the highest levels of power and politics and life and whatever else because it seems to me like you just can't have all your faculties just working in the same way as the average person to even think of something that upsetting and just weird. Yeah. Also, uninspired. Like, that's what, like, a 14-year-old boy that doesn't understand anything might think is sexy and anything you'd want. Like, it's like it's it's like Stewie Griffin pretending to be a girl and hitting on Brian. He's like, do you want to come over later and watch me have my period? Like, it's, it's just, it belies a non-understanding of so many different things, both social and biological. <laughs> And also, does he really believe in incarnation? I know that they, like, took over India, but it's like, did they, did they you know, borrow? You know what that is? That's that King Charles, that is cultural appropriation. Yeah. You can't, you, you know. I was you, thinking that they actually, the British royal family is, like, somewhat, I know it's a like a hot-button political issue to talk about, like, reparations, but that's a place that would actually be a spot to start. Because it's a lot easier to figure out than, than the American thing is kind of like, I mean, it's kind of messy. It's like, I will say, though, that the American version of that, and I had a good conversation. This is a whole other, I won't get too deep into this, but it's like someone was trying to be holier than everyone at a local city meeting thing that I was at. And I, uh, you know, it was a little bit implied that, like, just everybody in this room maybe owed everybody else in this room reparations. And I was like, shouldn't you start with the people that literally still own all of us that are the descendants of the people that only owned you? Like, this is, I mean, we know who they are. Yeah. That's not different people. There's not, like, plantation owners, great-grandchildren that work at McDonald's. They work yeah. at Lockheed Martin, and they still fucking, like, they're easy to find. But it's a little squirrely just because of the but the 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 british yeah what they owe what most of the rest of the world all yeah. flowed directly to like one family yeah it's very clear there's no yep. fuzzy kind of like you know they just were like we own this whole continent now and we're going to be t- we're looking to manufacture famines to call population numbers so we can take more like mineral rights and things and like it is just, I mean, everyone everywhere has done really bad stuff, but I mean, like, man, the the stuff with them that's, like, on record yeah. that you could just go look at as if, like, you know, it's like everything with the Dutch East India Company that basically invented both slavery and printing press propaganda to make that slavery more okay. Yes. And, like, the human, like, just all of that shit from back then was, like, the worst stuff. Like, all of the American American slavery, the Third Reich, I don't know, a thousand years of, like, the British Empire was probably a lot nastier than just all of that stuff. And I think the thing that's such a bummer is, like, just the the style of, of, of the... I, I have just an absolute aesthetic love for um, British-controlled India... 
just like j- just 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 Indian dudes in cool white suits and turbans and like all of the like it's so beautiful and it's such the worst thing that's ever happened to somewhere at the behest of somewhere else like it's that at least that we know about in like human history and like oh yeah it's like what a cool you know it's, that's where the guy lived that wrote the jungle book and stuff like it's so cool but it's like fuck that's just like I don't, I, man, it actually might be what, what Britain did to India might be like the worst out of everything. It, it honestly did give me, <clears throat> not to be t- too sentimental, but it did give me a, some appreciation for, uh, early America in the sense of that there was still obviously a ton of, you know, horrible shit going on here in the founding of this country, as there was probably pretty much everywhere else in the world oh, at that yeah. time. But it does seem like the one thing in kind of seeing it up close in Europe and then realizing what happened is that what the founding fathers, in my opinion, did that was worthwhile, if nothing else, was just create a system that could allow itself to get better over time. Yeah, it, at least it, you know, at least there was like a potential sort of built into it. It was it was a potential built in, and there was sort of this way that, in some fashion, over three hundred years, it's it's at least worked to not create a monarchy. Yeah, there's, there are. There's never really been one singular voice. There's certainly like you can argue that you know the president's got a big voice, or you know somebody's the head of the senate, whatever else. But it's like there's never just one person that somebody's listening to, like a king, like a Hitler, like a Mao. You know. Yeah, you and don't. You don't. We we have avoided that, and that that is there is a certain the diverse quality of this country is the thing that I think has kept our balls away from the bandsaw like a few times as bad yeah. as things get. And I will say that things will probably only ever get to like an un. I will say this. The thing I like about America is that we will only implode once everywhere else does. Like, I don't think it'll be like, well, America fell apart and the rest of the world is fine. I think when it's like, look, we have we have the choice of either like a singularity like makes it so that like robots are in charge for better or for worse. But it's like that's happening everywhere. Like it's it's like or we're either we're at the end of our rope and the only thing that can save us is to be slaves to the Skynet machine or something. But that's not going to be like, oh, America. And then just like Europe and Japan and everywhere are just fine. It's like we're going to fall apart, but probably just at the same time the rest of the world does. Maybe even a little later. Yeah. Like and I think, you know, those couple of years where <laughs> we see the writing on the wall and we know it's coming for us will be real that's when we take advantage of all that freedom we have to just really go out in like a hail of gunfire when it comes to like, dude, we're not making it out of this one. So in, in, in the words, once again, of Frank Reynolds and uh, Danny DeVito's character in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's like, I haven't lived a good life. I've lived a long life. And I don't know how much time I have left. So I'm going to get real weird with it. <laughs> and that is what America means to me. Now... We are at the, the, we're past 50 minutes, which means, and I, I, I don't know if you've seen me do this at all before, but there's this book, Dear Asshole. Have you ever seen a clip or anything? No. Okay, so I get to re-explain this. Meredith yells at me because I re-explain it every time, as if nobody, okay. So, this book, boy, let me just get to where, I've read a lot. Of, I've been reading one page at the end of every podcast because I hate it. I hate this book. I hate <laughs> this, like, so much. And, um... 
My parents got it for me for Christmas as a as a little bit of a goof gift or whatever. They got me a couple of nice things, and then they got me this book. And I don't know if they were just like, this looks funny, ha-ha, or if maybe my dad actually like looked at it a little bit and was like, he's going to have a field day with this on the podcast. But this is a book. Okay, so each page is a, a serration. It's, you can tear out pages. 101 tear-out letters to the morons who muck up your life. By Jillian Madison and Michelle Madison. And I think it's actually just a dude pretending to be a lesbian couple to maybe take the edge off of how racist and terrible some of this book is. Like, the very first one was... Oh, and classist. Like, like not only is it like, I'm the kind of person that's going to write a passive-aggressive note to leave for someone, like a restaurant server that just didn't please me. Uh... I, I had someone else write it for me and I'm going to tear it out. They, they're talking about like, don't flirt with the bartender just because he has dreadlocks. Like, da, 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 da. And it's like, and there's worse in here. And the last one, I think, no, that was dear asshole at the holiday. Like, dear asshole hotel made. It's, and it's also like not funny at all. Like I can't really properly even describe this book to you in, in a way where I can truly articulate how, like, it's not, I, I for sure figured out it's not, oh, haha, this is what the kind of dickhead that would, like, leave mean notes would write. We're making fun of them. No. It is clearly, like, it's, like, passive-aggressive. It's right on the money. It's, like, flat, shitty jokes that, like, 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 it's, like, written by just, like, a raging Karen and not someone making fun of that. And the thing on the back... That explains who they are. This is some trust fund kid who's like, yeah, publish your funny book. Jesus Christ, just get out of my hair. Like, you could tell. Like, so they're like, oh, who are Jillian and Michelle Madison? Well, they have built a network of well-connected pop culture websites, unnamed, and podcasts, unnamed, which currently receive over 40 million page views per month and have been featured on thousands of professional sites and blogs. Now, I don't know if you've ever given a book report where you didn't read the book, but this sounds a lot like these are nobody. They live in Connecticut, the birthplace of assholes. That's funny. And please visit them at www.foodnetworkhumor.com. Like, I don't know what the fuck this even is. I can't express how much I hate everything you just said. In this book, I it fills me. I end it with, and Derek, I know you're listening. I, I, I just end it in a rage-filled thing at this book. And it's like, we still have so much more to go through. But it's like, before, we would just kind of end the podcast. Now, like, I read one page per, and just, it really gets me in the mood to stop doing this podcast and have one more drink and go to bed. So, this one is called Dear Asshole Joined at the Hip Couple. Ahem. <clears throat> Stop staring into each other's eyes for five seconds and take a look at how annoying you are. Ooh. You finish each other's sentences, laugh at each other's lame jokes, none of those in here, and are all over each other like some sort of sick, twisted, romantically involved, conjoined twins. Live on the edge. Eat a meal alone. Go shopping by yourself. This was written by a very lonely person. At the very least, crawl out of each other's asses long enough to go to the bathroom alone. I promise you will not break up as a result. Get a life. P.S. Seek psychological help. Okay. They really dropped a truth bomb at the end. That's what I like about these two ladies who I think is one fat dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I hated all of that before you even read it, but I, I don't know what it is to or like why it's annoying, but... Anytime there's something like that and there's a PS, it's like, it's, I get this feeling. It's like, 
you know that I hate you and you want to figure out a way to just make me hate you a little tiny bit more at the end. I, yeah, and the other thing about this is that, like, I guarantee, because there was, like, one that was, like, a little funny. I guarantee they came up with three. And then they're like, you know what they always do, though? There's, like, 101 dog jokes, uh, you know, 101 pictures of handicapped people going to the bathroom. Whatever it is, it's, like, it's 101. So, like, okay... Hey, hey, let's just pretend they're who they say they're. Okay, girls, dad's not going to do this book fucking thing for you yeah. unless you come up with 101 fart jokes to tell at dinner. Like, whatever. That's a tried and true method of selling shitty fucking books at, like, the airport or wherever my parents found this. Um, and, like, but, God, just the next one. And I, I never read ahead. I like to be surprised every time. But I will read the, the, the title next week. It's, Dear Asshole Who Begged My Groceries. Like, you, like, okay, there has been a lot of clues. By the way, there's some money in Connecticut. Like, th that these are just elitist, weird. Like, I'm going to get, basically what's going to happen is I'm going to get to the end of this fucking book. You know, however many podcasts it's going to take. And then I'm going to, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to start a new life's mission. Like, I might even have to take a leave of absence from work. I, I This is important to me. And I'm going to find who these people are. And I will do... I don't... I will I will use money I've saved up. I am going to get them on... I don't know if it's on a Zoom or something, but, like, on this podcast. And I am going to get to the goddamn bottom of this. And I... I, I like, I'm a little afraid... That they don't, like, I've been slowly piecing together. It's like, I think they maybe, like, don't exist. Those, like, aren't two, like, real people. So, like, there's, like, you know, all all there is is just more questions. Like, you, you, you like you open a box, there's just an empty box. And at the very end, there's, like, a mirror, you know? Like, it was me. Like, that's, like, that's where this goes. Like, it, it's like a building seven level of, like, what? This only brings up more questions than it answers. I was going to say, not even to be annoying, but I wonder what... Like, the way shit is now is, like, how old is that book? Like, could it have just been shitty AI? I, no, I, I, well, oh, my God. You I know, out, out of all of the things we've said about that book, that hasn't been floated yet. Because I, I think I it's pretty I only say recent. that based on what you were saying a second ago, that it's, like, you maybe get, it's, like, 101, and maybe two or three of them seem like it was, like, a real thing, and then all the rest are. Just filler. Yeah. Just, like. Yeah. Shit, because like I think, and I'm not gonna reach all the way over where I threw it, but like, I, I actually think it might be recent enough, where it could be that they showed Chat GPT or something like, like a bunch of fucking like examples of like unfunny, like like funny things to about 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 Minnesotans to read while you're on the toilet or just whatever. Like they just like loaded it in with all of that stupid shit. And then like somehow or another gave it like this sort of weird, like that would actually explain the tone deafness of it too, where it's like, okay, we only showed it those books and we only told it that like, you need to make like corny jokes and it needs to be like about bothersome people in your life, but it has the internet to look at. So all it found was like, nasty, like, racist, middle-aged white women not understanding that going, like, you know who really sucks? The kid making $2 an hour to bag my groceries. 
Right, everybody? Are we all on the same page? Are you going to cheer for someone saying that out loud on a stage? No, but it's like, it probably went through Twitter and it probably, again, went through like just every single, like, who is that writer? I keep wanting to say Dave Thomas. That's the Wendy's guy. But it's like this guy that just wrote so many, like, like down-home, funny-to-read-in-the-bathroom, like, books. Like, I don't know. like, But I feel like that there was like a whole cottage industry of sort of like unfunny shitter reading and I really think that like if we could just return to a more romantic idealistic time where we all just shit in a big pile behind a curtain we really you know the sense of community would make Books like this, just unnecessary. The Reverend John Wheeler Podcast takes zero responsibility for the words, actions, or ideas of its host, guests, or listeners. Though the people on the screen may at times be speaking directly to you and may occasionally give you direct calls to action, neither Reverend John nor the Alchemical Cocktail Lounge are under any moral or legal obligation to answer for the potentially disastrous repercussions that may arise if you are stupid enough to actually follow the orders of a raving lunatic. Think for yourself and do whatever you want, because you're on your own. If anyone ever tries to sue this podcast, black SUVs will converge on your location in the darkness of night and you will never be seen again. Remember to like and subscribe.